Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 167. She chose miracles over statistics. How Dr. Nisha beat the odds at 44. Hey, my loves, I am so freaking excited to be here with you this week. I always get a teeny tiny little bit more excited every week when we are featuring a wonderful story of triumph from one of my ladies. And I got to tell you, you hear me gushing about them all the time, but it is actually true. It is something truly extraordinary as an observer and as a mentor and coach to women all over the world who are committed to success on this journey. It's really something extraordinary to see a woman fully embrace the decision to be successful on this journey, regardless of age, statistics, circumstances, past failures, whatever it is. There is something truly special when a person makes a decision to follow their heart. And that's what you're going to be hearing all about today. Because our interview today, our special guest, is somebody that's very dear to my heart. Actually, I mean, all of my ladies, I mean, you guys kind of figure this out by now, but I I hold every single woman that I have the good fortune and honor to work with very close to my heart. And Dr. Nisha is, is no different. And you know, there is something unique and and kind of particularly interesting when you hear a physician talking about this mindset piece. Because look, I, I coach a lot of physicians from all over the world. And these particular physicians are always very extraordinary to me because they fully embrace something different than the basic narrative that most of us get that, you know, medicine is going to save your ass. You know, just do what the white coats tell you and just shut the fuck up and, and do what you're told. But the women and the physicians that I work with have the ability to say, okay, yeah, medicine is awesome. Like we're, you know, medicine is great, but medicine can coexist with the innate power that we have as individuals to create the reality that we choose and that we can use our mind and body to work together to create an amazing result. And that's exactly what you're going to be hearing in today's interview with Dr. Nisha. I mean, she's got two doctoral degrees, you know, like she's a she's a physician, she's a DO and she has a doctorate in pharmacy. So she's like, okay, she's covering all of her bases. She understands pharmacy and she also and pharmaceuticals and she also understands, you know, how a doctor of osteopathy, you know, treats a patient. So she gets it from both sides, which is what makes her even more extraordinary. And so Nisha's going to be sharing some really beautiful things about her own fertility journey and overcoming the statistics at 44. And you're going to hear that even as a doctor herself, the doctors were telling her, yeah, you know, your shit's pretty worn out. Like this isn't going to happen for you. Your AMH is almost undetectable. You're premenopausal and all of that other good stuff. But through the ability to follow her heart, Nisha was able to look beyond that and give herself full permission as a woman and as a doctor 
to follow her heart and do what was right for her. So if you are in a place where you're really worried about the statistics, you're worried this is never going to happen for you, I strongly encourage you to listen really closely to this one. Turn this one up because you're going to hear Nisha say something that I think is freaking hilarious. Physicians are not magicians. And that you as a patient, you as a woman, you have the license and agency to decide what is and is not possible for you. And that instead of handing over all of our power to people with white coats, we get to work in concert with them. So I think this is a beautiful coming together of mind, body, spirit, and all that is good on this journey. So I hope that you love this interview with my beloved Dr. Nisha. Nisha! Hey! <laughs> oh, look at you all. Stunning and glowy. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we'll jump right in. I know you're busy. You're you're about to have your baby, so we, we won't keep you long here. But, Love, why don't you start us off by just telling the ladies listening a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself on this journey? Sure. So I'm a little bit of a late bloomer. I spent most of my life trying to work uh, my career. Um, So I'm fortunate enough to have two doctor degrees, one's in pharmacy and one in medicine. And it took me a while to find the right partner for me, which is really super important. And so once I did, um, we decided that we wanted to have a baby. So we tried. um, And then early last year, we had a miscarriage. And then I sought out professional help to figure out, you know, what was going on. And I think like a lot of women that are listening to this, you know, I was told that you really don't have a chance of getting pregnant. Your lab values are really low. Your AMH is like non-existent. You're premenopausal. I would just try to get a surrogate or go for adoption. And I'm fortunate enough that my training in medicine is in osteopathic medicine. So I truly believe that the body has regenerative potential. So you know, I tied my hair up and um, decided I was going to, you know, figure out, you know, how to make my body work for me and figure out what blockages I have. So um, I'm a true believer, a big spiritual side in me. And I have, um, you know, this big sort of connect, this mind-body connection. And I know that it's super important. So in that process, I, um, I found you and I found your podcasts. And that didn't scare you away, woman? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, she's, there's something really real about her that I need to just, you know, go in and, you know, a part of me just needs to open up. And I think this has been something that I had to focus on throughout my pregnancy. And even now it was just sort of finding my voice and being my advocate. And I think that's something that you've helped me do. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So I, um, you know, I joined your program. I created my bump squad. I found doctors that, um, and specialists that when I called them up and, you know, at this point, um, they're like, you're 44 years young. And I said, I was literally shocked. And they're like, are you, are you, are you still there? Hello. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody say that before. And I guess I realized through the work that we did over the eight weeks that I had to learn to be my own advocate. And I have to fight for the things that are important for me. And what is important is my relationship. And what's important is this baby. And I had to put that first. And I think once that solidified, I don't know, I was, uh, you know, I found out that I was pregnant and then I called you and I think you were on your way to Disney World. And I'm like, I know this might be inappropriate, but I have to tell you that, um, 
wow, this shit works. It works. <laughs> and I remember like, cause we were actually, yeah, we were in Orlando. I told my husband, Hey, I got to take this call. You know, I'm going to talk to Nisha. You go get us checked in. I got a conversation to have. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it's in, I think this is such a powerful example, Nisha, because with all of your training, you know, it would have been really easy for you to say, oh, you know, I just need to throw in the towel. I know what the numbers are. My values are, are in the gutter. I mean, what was it within you though? You know, because I, I find this just such an inspiring example because it's really, you know, a lot of people just hear a number and they're like, oh, it's over for me. Yeah. Like, what was it in you that said no? I think it's, it's true. And it's funny because some of my colleagues, um, one of my really good friends who is a nephrologist, um, and we were talking about it and she was telling me that she was going through, you know, in major fertilization, which I think is there to support you and to help you. But she um, threw in the towel with, uh, you know, with trying and giving her body a chance because of the numbers and because of science. But I think, you know, for me, um, I really tapped into that feminine side. And I think feminine energy is, is really, you know, super strong. And I think, um, I don't know, I'm just one that believes in like miracles and believes in things that are really supposed to be meant for you or meant for you. And, and I think I sort of surrendered to the greater will of the universe. And you always talk about, you know, God, universe, source. And, and that was something like I've, you know, I've witnessed with my patients. I've seen patients especially now is cardiothoracic anesthesia. So I've seen patients that are not supposed to survive that have heart functions of less than 5%. And sometimes it really is the little things. It's them just believing their doctors or them believing in themselves and they just end up surprising you. And I, um, I just had to tap into that because it's just, it's like, I felt like there's a huge portion of my mind that's not being used. It's not being worked. There's this energy that is there for everybody, but, um, you know, how do you harness it? And, and I'm not, um, and, and I think I realized that, and, and you had said this also, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving this world without my baby. So, and I think it was, um, it, so during my first miscarriage, I remember I was at work and I couldn't find help to relieve me. So you're cramping, you know, I saw my gestational sac in the toilet and I remember I was being paged and I was being called to go into the room for um, assistance, for help. And I just remember holding, you know, the remnants of my baby and thinking, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to fight for you. There's a reason you came here once before and I'm going to, I am going to learn to be the best advocate for you. And that's what my pregnancy journey has been teaching me. And that's something that, ah, gosh. I forget what you always say about tears. Moisture. Yeah, the moisture is the truth coming out. It's just truth coming out, Nisha. Yeah. I think that's something that, um, you know, really raised awareness for me in this this journey. This baby came when she knew that I was truly ready for her and I was to take on the responsibility for her. And I think that, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's when you have that realization and when that just becomes um, just so solid. It, like, you know, the facts don't mean anything. There was one of my colleague's wife actually had, she had her tubes, tubes tied and there was no way that she was going to be pregnant. 
and she was having like low back pain and all of this. And she just realized she went to the doctor and they did an ultrasound and her husband was a doctor too. Um, and they're like, you're, you're pregnant. And stories like this are just, you know, um, that's what I really did. I'm like, I have two options. I can either choose the miracle or I can stay in the situation I am and not choose a miracle. And for me, the answer was just so obvious. You know, and I love the way that you say that, Nisha, because it's coming from a place of conviction. And actually, it's also coming from a place of personal responsibility and and loving yourself enough and loving this baby enough to say, I get to choose. Yeah. And I think that's a faculty that we tend to forget. Our ability to think and our ability to choose absolutely determines our experience. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that, Roseanne, because one of my really good friends, and she's an intensivist that I work with, she, um, she wrote a poem um, for my baby. And in the poem, and I feel like this poem speaks to me as well as it speaks to her. And, it, it ta- and I'll send that to you by email. And if you, know, if you want to share it um, you know, with, with all the ladies, um, that would be great. But it talks about how, you know, what can you really give to the world? What, you know, you can't, um, if you choose to be a martyr, you're always, um, you're going to have somebody that looks at you as you gave too much. If you choose to be really selfish, then you're going to have somebody that looks at you one way. But I think that your true power lies in your choice. And I found that so profound because it's something that I learned. And if there's one thing that I want to pass on to my daughter and to all the other girls and all the other women that are out there in the same struggle. It's you have that power of choice. And that is the determining factor that's, you know, that's going to flip the switch. Yeah. I mean, because look at the change. I mean, this is such a powerful example because you came and and started listening to this crazy ladies podcast, you know, (laughs) kind of on the heels of a devastating loss and, and a real reaffirmation of what it is that you wanted in this life. And so you started doing the work, you know, what are some of the things that you realized about yourself in that process? What are some of the things that were like, whoa, you know, I I had no idea that was there. I think um, one of the biggest things is I'm a key player in this entire process you know, before coming in, and I think we've talked about, you know, the backgrounds with, uh, with our families and with our culture and, you know, coming from a very straight background, you're kind of told what to do. You're expected to follow the mold. And I never thought that I had a voice and that I had a say in things. And one of the things that came out was um, finding my voice and finding my choice and truly, um, <laughs> you know, walk through hell or high water, but like sticking to that, because you know that it's, true to your heart. And I really had to get to this point where, you know, I sat, I remember sitting down and I'm like, what really matters to me? Does it, you know, matter that people like me? Does it matter that my family approves? Does it matter that I have this job? What what are my core beliefs? And then I realized in that um, I had this wonderful relationship that I never um, gave into. It was always there, but I never surrendered to it. And I have this, I had this dream, this dream to be a mom, but I never surrendered to the dream. And I think that was something. And then in addition to that, it was finding like-minded people 
that really believed in you? Like, why was I wasting my time and my energy, whether it be at the workplace, um, whether it be with family relations or like, you know, with certain friends, with people telling you that, no, your dreams are not um, going to be a reality or they're too difficult or, you know, your head's up in space. And I had to learn to be my own advocate. And I'm like, I, and, and learn that I really do matter. And the people that love me and the people that care for me are going to stand up for me. And that is more than enough. So much more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's incredible because I remember so, I mean, from when you started to where you are today is such a dramatic difference. You know, there is this, you know, I knew that there's this boldness and this self-assuredness in you, but there was kind of this, like, you know, this, uh, a slightly unsure Nisha and, yeah. and now there's this Nisha. Yeah. You know, I always felt like, I don't know. I felt like there was like, why was I hiding behind curtains of, uh, timidness? Why was I, why was I trying to be weak? Why was I trying to be a people pleaser? I'm not that. I think, you know, and then it was really coming down to the inside. Like, who are you? I'm like, I, I am sassy in my own rights. Like I am, you know, I am fun. I am a rule breaker. I am a good person. And I uh, refuse to have anybody put me down. I refuse to have, you know, anybody take that away from me. It, it, it took me so long to figure that out. Um, and you did it. But I did it. Yeah. 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 Well, and so what would you say to, because, you know, one of the things that happens all the time, and you're such a great example because, you know, you're a physician and, you know, all of your, you know, your expertise, you know, so many people are so ready to hand off their license and agency in their own lives and say, well, the doctors say that I can't do this, or the doctors say that I, I, I don't have a chance. You know, we, we make our decisions based on so many things outside of us, but you made a decision based on what you knew here. Yeah. Like, what would you encourage people to start thinking about instead of just listening to all these numbers? Like, what would you encourage people to do instead? You know, there's really two ways of thinking. The first way that you think is, uh, and some people are just trained this way, they think with their brain, then they go to their heart and they go back to their brain. Other people think with their heart, they go to their brain and they go back to their heart. And I think for me, um, you know, being the scientific background, being a physician, you're given facts, you're told, you know, patients have like, you know, certain survival, you know, predictors. Um, and, and so most scientists, most people think that what the doctors say is the end all be all, but it's not, we're just, at, we're physicians, we're not magicians, you know, uh, there is, um, <laughs> that, I, I always tell my patients that that's my favorite rhyme and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, um, it's a good one. <laughs> but I, I think what you need to do is you need to, um, you, you need to find trust. And you say this a lot too, to all your, um, to all your mentees that the thought is there because it was meant to be there. You, you don't just like randomly think that, you know, I'm going to be on the front lines you know, in, in war, do you do, it just seems like illogical. You don't just wake up thinking, well, I'm going to be a chef or I'm going to be on this show, unless that desire is really there and and it's really deep. And I think 
what society tries to do to us nowadays is, is they try to categorize us. And a lot of this has, I feel like, deal with advertisement or this or that, but just try to put everybody in a mold. And I think what you need to realize is you're, you're not a mold, is, is, is you're fiercely and bravely you know, made. And, and you have to be strong enough to know that you thought about this or you're thinking about this for a reason. And that's an important reason. And don't let anybody say no or, you know, or, or steer you off your path. You know, you just have to find this quiet space inside of you and find that, you know, find that lion, find that tiger that's just you know, ready to roar. And uh, I feel like it's like a Katy Perry song, but yes. it's just movies are like, you know, they're great. They're like, you just, you need to find that. Yeah. And, I was fortunate enough that I had, you know, a support system that fostered that and and I was able to tap in. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, Nisha, because when we take a look at the, at your experience, you know, from having these numbers that are like, you know, well, forget it, lady, you know, you're too old. This isn't going to happen, you know, to being in the place where you are today. How many weeks pregnant are you? I am 39. So my, my baby actually, um, because I have a cephalopelvic disproportion, Shakira is wrong. Hips do lie. Yeah. <laughs> my baby's a little big. So uh, our, uh, we had to schedule a section. So our section is going to be next Thursday. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. I mean, because think about where you're at, right? you know, you're, you're not in a place where you're curled up in a ball feeling sorry for yourself. You, you made a decision. You're like, I know what the numbers are, but I also know what's in my heart. Yeah. And even with all of this, you know, I have all this scientific training, you know, you've seen miracles as you've talked about, you know, you've seen your patients, you know, survive and they quote unquote, shouldn't have or whatever, or the prognosis was not so good, but you went from that to working on yourself, being open, you know, it, it actually takes a lot of humility, Nisha, to do what you did, to be willing to examine yourself. That's massive, especially for somebody as educated and as accomplished as you. And I don't say that just to blow smoke in your direction. It's actually true. Like, I, I think there's something to be said for a woman having the humility to say, hey, what I'm doing is not working. I've got to consider another way. Yeah. And I think that that was, uh, it, it was in, it, like really integral. And I think you don't need to take it as a loss. I, I mean, I could, I could have took it as so many ways, but I just, um, you know, you just take it as a gentle reminder. There are many ways, you know, to get things done that there, and, and maybe part of that is just being like an anesthesiologist. Like when we code patients, when they're dying, like you just, you refuse to let go. You, you want to try everything. And I just sort of um, wanted to tap into that as well. And I'm like, okay, this isn't working. What will work for me? Because I know something will work and I'm not going to leave until I find that something. Ah, that's so quotable. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to find, you know, something that is going to work for me. Yeah. And it did because you got pregnant again, naturally in very short order. We, we had. Um, my partner Berkins and I, we had one cycle. We really did because he went back to medical school. And so he had to, he was going to medical school in the Caribbean and we petitioned and petitioned to see if he could 
stay here in the United States so we could, you know, work on our pregnancy journey. And the school said, absolutely not. And so we sat down and we're like, uh, um, okay. I'm like, well, I'm going to do whatever I can to aid my body. And there was just not a question in, I think, both of our minds that this cycle is just not going to work. Like he was just convicted, like, you know, from the get-go, they're like, well, why? It's just going to work. Why would it not work? And then I probably was, I had more hesitation. I was doing everything that I could to naturally assist my body. But I think, um, you know, and then I started, you know, the program, I started assessing things. And it's just so funny how just small little shifts will just make it. And then we, um, I remember we got the phone call from, I had fired the specialist that I had down here. And you know, I saw that a specialist in New York um, and we got a call from their office and they're like, you're pregnant. And we were both actually on our way to Asheville for like a small little vacation. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know. And then, um, and then Perkins was like, who is it? I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's, it's Dr. David, Sam and David. And he told us that we're pregnant. And then we both literally stopped. And, and I was still on the phone with them. I'm like, okay, I'm just kidding. I didn't really know, but I just kind of did. But <laughs> we're pregnant. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And here you are. Yeah. I mean, but this also demonstrates how quickly a woman can change when she's made a decision. Because I think, I think people think that these changes have to take forever, but when you've made a decision to be successful, they don't have to take that long. Yeah. It's, and it's so funny. I've, I've sort of, um, you know, I've done this for a lot. Like when, you know, after I finished pharmacy school and I decided to go back to medical school, it literally was one decision. It was when I decided to do a fellowship, it was one decision. Um, and it's funny, I know, it, although this has nothing to do with, you know, our journey together, my sister, who um, is also an attorney and lives in California, has been trying to find a house for a long time. And I think I like kind of told her, I'm like, well, you never really decided that you wanted a house. You didn't decide you wanted a career change. And so she thought about it and she woke up and she sent an email to herself saying that like, I'm deciding on this. And literally within like five weeks, she has this new job that she loves and she has this, you know, beautiful home that, you know, that she got. And that's, um, I don't know, it's, it's the power of choice. And I think um, more than humility, you just need to be strong enough to, you know, to make that choice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just love it, Nisha. This makes me so freaking happy because you, I mean, well, you know, you've been through the program. You know how much I shout about make a decision, just make a fucking decision because when you spin, you block the miracle. Yeah. When you make a decision about what you're going to have, you know, it it doesn't, all the pieces are going to fall into place, but it starts with you making that decision because once you make that decision, everything lines up and you just take that first step. Yeah. And when you, what, you know, the Latin root of decision, Desi, to cut, yeah. the ships behind you because you already yeah. know where you're headed. And I think, um, I don't remember who says this, but I remember reading it and it made so much sense. You don't need to know what lies ahead of that one decision or like, you know, it seems and sometimes it does seem like, like I'm walking through like this blind tunnel, but take that first step and you'll slowly start to see the light. And you don't have to know, like something will just, and I know it sounds so strange, but something will just happen and you'll know where to go. You'll get like a phone call or it'll be um, 
like an email or it'll just be something inside, like a quiet voice telling you to go here and you'll know what that next step is. But um, you just have to take that step. Don't get bogged down into thinking so much. Just, you know, and that was a big thing for me. I had to learn to rely on my heart more than I had to rely on my thinking process. It sounds, it sounds strange, right? But that's, but, but I've changed the way that I just live based on that. And I am so much more happy and I see changes coming in my life and it's good. It's really good. And I, I think it's beautiful. The, the cardiothoracic anesthesiologist who is willing to think, you know, to think with her heart, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just incredible to me because I think that you're living proof of the power of, you know, taking great care of your body, taking great care of your mind, being open, tapping into your intuition, seeing yourself in a whole way, rather than looking at your body and seeing your body as just this pile of meat that doesn't work. Right. And it's just seeing yourself in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. And really appreciating yourself and and loving yourself. I think that um, is is important because if you don't, how are you going to love this little baby? And how are you going to love all the things that you you know you you're going to go through? So that was yeah, that was important to me. Well, and and talk to us just for a moment about like how did shifting your mindset support you during this pregnancy? Because with your you know the past loss it would have been really easy for you to circle the drain, you know, just waiting for something to go wrong. Right. It was, um, it, it was, it was really hard, but then I had to, um, again, it all comes down to making a choice. I, I had to, it, it, am I going to choose to see the good or am I going to fixate on what can go wrong? And I remember we had talked about this also during my first conversation and I, refuse to think about how things were going to go wrong because um it, you can you just go down the rabbit hole with that i'm like but it's so much easier to think about what can go right you know it's so much easier to think about the miracle and think about what you're going to do with that it, it, and um that was a choice that i made so every time i thought about i'm like is this you know I refuse to wait for markers. I refuse to wait for the end of the first trimester. I refuse to wait for like, you know, they don't do amniocentesis anymore, but you know, the blood test to see if anything was wrong. I refuse to wait for like, you know, the 20 week anatomy scan or like, you know, wait till you're like 32 weeks when the lungs are developed. Uh, You know, I just, I made that choice that this person is inside of me for a reason. And I am going, my job is to believe in her and uh, my job as a mom is always going to be to believe in her and to support her. And I do that best by um, thinking that things are going to like protecting her, uh, which I did, but not, you know, thinking this is going to go wrong or not walking on the eggshell, not living in the eggshell, but living in the life. And I think I wanted to really enjoy this pregnancy. I don't want to be one of these miserable pregnant women, despite you know, all like, you know, despite being advanced maternal age, despite having to work and, you know, do all these things, I, um, I wanted to be happy and that's what I want to pass. You know, that's what I wanted to pass on. So, yeah, no, it's incredible. And, and what a blessing that you're having a daughter because you're going to be able to model this to her Yeah, and, and let her know, you know, because 
what you've created is empowered choice, Nisha, like to, to really show her what it's like, you know, here's this beautiful, educated woman saving lives, serving her patients who dared to believe and, and called in her daughter and is now going to be able to create a family that's a reflection of those values. I mean, it really is incredible. And I bet this is shaping how you show up as a physician as well. It is. It, I mean, it, it definitely is. I don't, it changed uh, me from being like, I wouldn't say wishy-washy physician, but one that um, was self-sacrificial to one that really was able to have boundaries and was really able to advocate, you know, for my patients and to advocate for my colleagues and not, not be afraid, you know, about doing it. It, it brought about this bolder side of me that, um, was able to, I don't want to say take risks. That's not like the right terminology, but I'm not quite sure what it is, but it, it's um, somewhere between taking risks and going that extra mile and just, just, just being that, um, that voice of quiet reason that, you know, that, that voice of, you know, hope, that voice of like uh, justice, I, I think um, in, in many ways. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. And I think that you're an excellent example of how the quiet voice of reason does not mean erring on the side of the negative. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, well, just be reasonable, Misha. Uh, Be reasonable or we should do the reasonable thing. But that that version of reasonable just is always expecting the worst, is, you know, expecting negative. But what you're talking about is something smarter. It's it's something, um, I think it's smarter. It's something more um, powerful. I I think it's something that, um, especially in the same age, people just uh, in a very materialistic society, you know, forget about, you know, it's this uh, reconnection, Mm. you know, with, with yourself and, you know, what can be done, what can't be done. You know, finding, I feel like we've sort of, ventured into this society where we, with science and with all of these things, you're, you're taking out that, you're taking out the gust factor. You're just sort of like, you know, putting him in the trash can and he doesn't, you know, and he's just going to sit there and he's going to laugh at you because it doesn't really bother him. He, he knows who he is, but you know, you need, you sort of, um, you know what it was, Roseanne? I feel like I became the warrior that I was meant to be. And I feel that unless that, um, Unless I tapped into that, I wouldn't have this child. It's it's really funny because when I first got pregnant, all I thought was that I was going to have this little boy, this little boy, and it, it and I was just so fixated on having this little boy. And then when I found out as a little girl, there's a period where I kind of went into um, shock, and so so you know, I had to take my baby to the beach and we went on a walk, and you know, we we resolved like you know all these issues that mommy was having, but. Um, she's a girl for a reason. She's just, you know, to be like this little warrior princess herself. And I think we need, um, and I think we need more, um, we need more women warriors out there. And that's what I'm realizing. And so I'm so, I don't know, I'm just embarrassed that I was feeling that way about my, about my little baby, but I'm so like excited now. (laughs) Well, I mean, but that's just another example. I love how you brought up, you know, Gus, God universe source that, you know, we, so much of this, we think is just numbers. We think it's just, you know, the mechanical egg meeting the sperm. It, it, it completely eliminates the magic. 
Yeah. And I think it was Albert Einstein that said that the more you, or maybe that's him that said, the more you learn about science, the more you believe in God, Yeah, you know, yeah. in, in the magic, in, in yeah. something bigger and whatever people choose to call that, you know, I think the sentiment is the same. Hmm. Um, but so what would you want to, like, if you were going to give a few words of encouragement to the women that are listening that maybe haven't made that leap yet to see the connection between the mind and the body and maybe are too afraid at this point to trust themselves, you know, and are just in tyranny of the science, you know, oh my gosh, you know, somebody said this to me about my AMH or whatever. What would you want these women to walk away with? I want them to throw all that bullshit in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) And throw it in the trash. I think what was important to me is, is nobody knows you better than you and nobody knows what's in your heart and give that credence because it's, it's important. And it doesn't matter if in the beginning you make that choice with full conviction or you don't, but just make that choice and do whatever you can throughout your day to remind yourself of that choice and forget about what people say. Um, Forget about if you're like, you know, friends think that you're crazy or like, you know, making sure your baby's secured in the seat before you like leave, even though, you know, your baby isn't uh, physically there. Just know that everything is there for you. You just need to just tap into it. And and that's it. Like the biggest gift that you can give yourself is the freedom of choice and the freedom of decision. Yeah, that's incredible, Nisha. And, you know, I got to tell you, the the work that I do in the world, you know, this is, you are exactly the kind of woman that I always hoped I would serve always. And it's, it's just, and I think it's important to say that because I had always hoped that, that it would touch women in a way that, you know, regardless of education, regardless of experience in life, that they would find that within them, that power within them. And to see you here today in this way. And, you know, just on the eve, basically of about to meet this miracle baby, you know, it just brings such joy in my heart. And I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story with the women all over the world that are going to share in this and, and whose lives are going to be changed because of your courage and your bravery. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. I mean, my life is just It's like, I feel like I am a stronger person, a better person. And I'm just, you know, you'll realize, and I think this is what what all, I don't know, my sisters out there to, to realize also the weight is worth it. It, It's there for a reason. And, and, And when you see it come into fulfillment, you'll just, and you'll start to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, there's no reason when the doctors tell you, you know, lab value or this or that to try to put the pieces of the puzzle because you don't even know what the puzzle is then. So just, you know, just keep on waiting and make that choice. And then, you know, you'll start, you'll be able to connect the dots and it's just going to be, I don't know, this magical picture that you're walking into. Ah, Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nisha. This has been great. And I know that lives are going to be changed because of this and so many will be blessed. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Hey loves, wasn't my conversation with Dr. Nisha just inspiring? And I hope that there was part of you just shouting for an amen during that conversation. You know, so much of what she was saying were 
it, she was just dropping nuggets of wisdom left and right. And I hope you really pick this up and, and run with it. You know, and remember what she said, physicians are not magicians. And that when somebody tells you that you can't do it, what does she say? Throw that bullshit in the trash. What you have in your heart and this desire to be a mom, it's there because it was meant for you. It's stronger and can defy any statistic, any naysayer, and anyone that doesn't believe in you. The most important thing is you take good care of your body, you believe in yourself, and you keep going. There is something so magical about a woman who makes a decision and fights for what she knows is important to her. And as Dr. Nisha said, this shit works. And if you want to learn what I taught my beloved Nisha, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months, just like Nisha did, and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. You have an opportunity to use the next six months of this year to your advantage. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results, like Dr. Nisha's, speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got to gape it hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.